You're listening to a sermon podcast from Paramount Church in Columbus, Ohio. To learn more, visit ParamountColumbus.com. Well, good morning. It's good to see all of you. Welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. If you're a guest, we're extremely honored by your presence today and that you enjoy our worship service uh, with us uh, this morning. Um, let me pray for us before we begin. Father, thank you once again for who you are, for all your goodness, for Christ, for all that he has done for us. Lord, we just pray that you would come now and that our hearts are prepared as we have sung praises to your name, that we, the proclamation of your word will go forth and that our hearts are wide open, ready to see hunger and thirsty for your word this morning. Use it. Change us. Make us like Christ. Save someone today because they were under the, the gospel and the preaching and the power of God and you draw them to yourself and you save them by your unbelievable grace through the blood of Christ. We love you. We commit this time to you. In his name we pray. Amen. Well, I'm in trouble because I'm already a mess and I haven't even started yet. Yeah. This may be, as I grow older, uh, an illustration that you may not necessarily resonate with, but have you ever um, received letters like you have gone out to the mail? And so maybe today it's an email for you or a Facebook post, whatever it is that somebody would have communicated with you. Um, But if you have walked out to the mailbox and you open the mailbox, and mostly this day and time, it's junk. It's junk, but in all that junk, as you shuffle through it, there's an envelope there that is hand-addressed. It's got your name on it and your address, and that's how it got to you. But in the corner, there's a return address, and this person's name and address is on there, and you recognize it. You know it right off. Well, if you're like me, I have to cross the street for my mailbox, but I go and I, as I'm shuffling through that, I'm, I'm opening that envelope. I want to see what they have got to say to me. And I open it up and it's a letter that they have written to me. And so it doesn't take long that I'm, I'm, I'm starting to read this and I'm not but like maybe one or two sentences in and I'm going, hmm, something's terribly wrong. Something is seriously wrong with our relationship. And I continue to start to read. And it becomes very obvious that this is, this is a letter that you might not want to receive. Galatians this morning, we're starting a new sermon series. In Galatians 1, 1 through 10. The title of the message this morning is One True Gospel. I want to read this. Uh, We'll cover the first nine verses. I was supposed to do ten. I know good and well I'm not going to get to ten. So if Rush wants to pick that up next week, he can so do, or we'll continue to move. We try to make sure we preach through the verses of the Scripture. I just know I would run out of time. Galatians 1, 1. Paul, an apostle, not from men, nor through men, 
but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers who are with me, to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God our Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are running to a different gospel. There's some sort of hyphen there. It's almost like, huh. It's almost as if the Holy Spirit, in, in, in writing through Paul, he's like, huh, not that there is another one. But there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you have received, let him be accursed. Our first point this morning in this message will be a gospel greeting with an attitude. A gospel greeting with an attitude. If you will go through the books um, the, and the epistles that Paul has written, his greetings mostly go Ephesians, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus, and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed you with every spiritual blessings. Philippians that we just finished. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, in, before you all, making prayer with joy. Colossians, Paul, an apostle of Christ, by Jesus, the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and the faithful brothers in Christ Jesus at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. You hear this continual ring and this thanksgiving. Paul starts this verse off and he's got two things that he basically says, Paul, an apostle which you hear in all the other epistles, right? But what you don't ever hear is he says, not from men, nor through man. He's making a distinction. And he's qualifying his position. And he's going to go into later on, especially next week, he's telling you who he is and how he got his call and how he received the gospel. And it wasn't through men. It was a divine revelation with Jesus Christ himself from God. He didn't get it from no man. And he's not where he is because men laid hands on him. God called him. And he's saying that is a, a statement that he doesn't make in any other epistle. He goes on. But through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. He, he, he starts to, to, to point out one of the significant things of the gospel. And we're going to look at those first five verses. And he is... He is coming, and because there is, there is a, a, a disturbance that is going on, there are those that have come in, and they're causing them to question Paul and who he is, and is he really an apostle? And he's questioning his authority, that as he has preached the gospel to these people. So that's going on. And then they're going to stir up, and they're trying to distort the gospel. So he immediately, right out of the box, very clear, very focused, let me tell you this, 
Paul, an apostle, and he qualifies, and then he says, in the gospel, whom God raised from the dead. That's absolutely one of the keys to our gospel, is it not? It gives us the living hope that we know Christ is alive. We will live forevermore. That's a greeting. He goes on. There's no thanksgiving in this prayer. Or this opening greeting. There's nothing saying, hey, I thank God for you as I pray for you. This is a letter that if you open the envelope and you start to receive it, you're going, hmm, this is not good. This is not good. To the church, he says in verse 2, and all the brothers who are with me. I'm going to take two. This is not, it's almost like a pause, but I kind of want to continue on um, with two points here of just saying, not um, as he, in verse uh, 2, and all the brothers who are with me to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Two things. All the brothers who are with me in grace and peace. Last week, as we finished the book of Philippians, Rush, in, 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 in closing that out, and he talks about Paul mentioning, he goes, and those who are with me, especially those from the household of Caesar, those that are with him. You hear that in every greeting as he opens his, each epistle, each book that he writes, those who are with him, and he calls some by name. He closed out last week, he says, especially those, like, these were the ones you wouldn't expect to, 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 to see get saved. As I, as I was preparing for this, I just want to take two things and just kind of, it's not a pause, but it almost feels like a pause to me, but I do want to challenge us. Those who are with me, do you have anybody with you? Because of our faithful proclaiming of the gospel... Do I have somebody that's come along with me? Say, come on. This is the Christian life. Here's the scriptures. Let's study the scriptures together. Do we have anybody that is walking with us? That is, that is going to be in heaven one day because we were sharing the gospel and we were just a part of it. It wasn't just because of us and we, we shared the gospel in a special way because we know the process. It's a process. There's a seed that is sown. There's a watering that takes place and God does the reaping and he's using us as we take that gospel message full of power to, to, to radically transform somebody from death to life. Is anybody coming with us? Will we get there and be empty-handed? I sure hope not. I sure hope not, church. I hope not. We have guests. We have people that come. They come from other churches. Praise God. We love all of you. And we're in this together as we study in an ABF. We're a church. We're a body of Christ. We do this life together. We carry this message together. We encourage one another. I believe we would experience more suffering if we were sharing the gospel. Get out there and start sharing the gospel clearly. And watch what happens. You would run to this place on Sundays for encouragement. 
to be strengthened, to see another brother. So, man, this was a rough week. And it's not because I don't like my job. This is what happened. And here's what's getting ready to take place in my life because I shared the gospel this week. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Well, we're going to walk by faith, brother, and you're going to watch God do a miraculous work. That's what we're going to do. Grace and peace. Before we go there, um, Rush tried to use um, an illustration to kind of encourage us as we would go and and share that gospel. And that he said, hey, what if if there was just 5,000 out there in the city that are like long lost family members? And if we knew that, we would, we would go after them. And then once they come in, they would, it would encourage. And I would gain strength from them. And we would have fellowship together. And, it, and it's, so as we go and we're looking and we're sharing the gospel, think and look and see is lost, long, last, lost, that's easy for you to say. <laughs> long lost family members. Well, just two weeks ago, we were talking about evangelism in ABF, and is evangelism not one of the greatest acts of worship that we do as we're studying on worship in proclaiming the gospel? And in that, I just happened to be teaching, and, and I had gone to Google and said, hey, you know in three counties in the central area of Columbus, there's 992,000 people? That in metro Columbus, in the outer areas, there's 1.7 million I think there's more than 5,000 lost family members. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. And we should be going and proclaiming this astounding gospel. Grace and peace to you. Paul, and and, and in that, he starts every letter that way. He ends letters that way. Rush talked again about grace, grace. What's your final words? What would be your final words? Paul's final words are always grace. Grace to you. Grace. Peace. Grace, God's unmerited favor. Peace, God's positive blessing of well-being. He said, receive it. Soak it up. Take it in. Ask God for it. It's so important that these are the last words. And in our community group, we talk to God, how do, you, how do you escalate this in our lives? And how do you, you live this out? What is it like to experience this grace from God Almighty Himself that gives it to us lavishly? I think there's multiple definitions for grace. One of them being power to do what He's called you to do. I will grace you, Paul. I'm not going to take that thorn away. My grace will be sufficient for you. The power, peace. Peace. We as elders and our wives went to dinner last night. And coming out of joy and talking about, you know, the struggle. One of the struggles I have is trying to help people who are anxious. And in Russia's message, I felt like he did a great job. And at one point he said, hey, you know, some of you may be anxious all your days. 
And, yet, and then the very next week, there's a, there's a message that popped up in my email, and it's like, hey, God doesn't want you to be anxious. And that's a struggle. There is a peace of God that passes all understanding. And he longs for you to know it. And it's a process. I don't know why he just doesn't just take it away. I get amazed going, we know God's sovereign. We know these things. We'll see in a verse here towards the end of the message. And I'll bring this, but grace and peace, how do we? Are you continuing to, to work that into your life? Are you soaking it up? Are you learning to walk in it? We so easily move on from message to message to message. And this is something we should be doing and working in with one another. Grace is not just for the favor in my life, to make my life easier or to help me in what I'm walking through, but also grace to proclaim it. Man, I've received so much grace. Let me tell you about this abundant grace, where it starts. It starts with grace. It's grace all the way through. It's grace when you get there. It's grace. God's given us this grace. All right, unpause. Four and five. Verses four and five. Who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of God and Father to whom the glory forever and ever. Amen. Gospel. He is giving a portion of what we know as the gospel or concise description of the gospel. He starts with the resurrection. Then he comes and he's saying to Christ who died on the cross, who gave himself for our sins. Have you thought about your salvation lately? Have you really spent some time in meditating on the gospel and what has happened in our lives for those of us who have received that gospel by this grace that God's given to us through faith? To become a child of God? Have you thought about that? The fact that, I don't know what happened this morning, we'll just call it God's sovereignty. I don't know where Psalm 149 came from. It had an attitude in it. I did notice that. But that wasn't it. We were supposed to be here in Romans 5, 1 through 11. And God's love for us. How he's demonstrated that love for us. And in, that, in those chapters, it talks about, oh, that, that it, you know, some would die for a good man. But none would probably die for the unrighteous, which is, which is all of us. That God demonstrated his love for us, that he sent his son to die on a cross. To live a life going, somebody died for you this past week. They saved your life. I just got a feeling that would, that, would, that would change the way you live. That would change your responses. And all you did was save your physical life here. No, no, not even an inkling of a comparison of Christ crucified for our sins. Nailed to a cross, bloodshed. Spend some time on that. 
you know how rich your salvation is. We read this, we would read these first five verses and keep going. Again, Russia's many times saying, hey, don't gloss over these. Don't just read these and let it go. Stop. He saved you from your sins. You had no hope if he doesn't do this. And here's the glory in it. He saved you from your sins. You're clean. Today, today, you're clean. You're carrying guilt. It's not necessary. You're burdened down with the guilt that's been paid for. It's been washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you. You don't need, it's hard. It's hard just to let that go. That you have sinned against God. And yet he says, you're clean. We come, we repent. We fight against that. But you're clean. If you're carrying a guilt today, it's not necessary. Go to God, who is your Father. A loving Father. No other Father anywhere around can can love you like He loves. Know exactly what you need. Even in the suffering, He's doing a great work. And He's purifying us in that process. He loves us. Does has he not demonstrated this? A meeting with a guy in counseling, and he's been uh, uh, exposed to uh, theology called like oneness, where it's not a trinity. And I'm like, God help you. Let me help you. Let me help you. It's not true. And especially in the gospel, to think it's go, oh, it's just Jesus, and he's playing all these different parts, but it's all Jesus. And I'm like, well, that sure diminishes the gospel to me. That sure diminishes the one who came and paid his blood and died for me. How have you, 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 you thought and, and let this just sink into your mind, into your heart, the will of God, that He is God, is now not your enemy, and that wrath lies on you. You had no hope. None. In this gospel, there's nothing you can do. God did it. It's done. You have to confess and receive it. Receive it. And He will give you the faith and the grace to make that happen, and you will cry out and say, Yes! I'll take Jesus. I'll take Jesus. He's mine. And I am His. And He's now my Father. Not with wrath towards me, but love. A Father who created everything, who has all power in everything. That's your Father. That's who you walk with. This is why I struggle with anxiousness. Come on, who's your dad? Are you kidding me? He's got it all. But I get it. We, we wrestled around the table with this last night. Trying to, to figure, how do you help? How do you encourage? And there's, there's this line where it's like, ah, ah, yeah, I know that, but. Yeah, no but. We got to get rid of the but. Because I long to help people. I truly believe God doesn't want us to be anxious. He wants to demonstrate His power in us and His power in the church. Because I will take care of you. Watch this. Watch this. Oh, glory in your salvation. Paul is talking about the salvation right here. 
The Father, we have been made sons and daughters. To Him be glory forever and ever, period. Amen. Period. Amen. There is no other. It's all God and Jesus Christ. The salvation that we have in the glory. And glory to God and God alone. Glory to Him. Amen. It's a stamp of truth. This is our joy. It should be your happiness, your salvation. Man, this is just, I want somebody to explode here. Do you know your salvation and what has been done for you? Yes. Praise God. You sang about it. The next to last song. That's where I got so messed up. Because this has been on me. In sharing last night, we were asked, hey, what are, you, what are you joyful about? What are you happy about? My relationship with Christ. My salvation, when I have been thinking on this and working on this, I want to work this more and more in me. So that this, there, this is my joy and my happiness. Rush said last week, he says, hey, just because we finished Philippians, I hope we don't let our joy and happiness just fade away. Are you kidding me? I understand the temptation or the concern because we had kind of missed it in getting there. You can see that the Lord has done a, a work in, in, in Pastor Rush's heart and, and, and had almost left out joy of our salvation. And we live this, oh, you know, treasury life and God's going to take care of me. No! Joy, happiness, He's got me. He's going to, he's, it's, I'm as good as there. It's done. It's done. It's been completed. Christ sat down. That's, that's our salvation. And he's gifted it to us. He's given it to us. What a gift. What an amazing gift that we have. Don't let this, don't let this die. You lose your joy and your, and your, and your, and your happiness. I think you forgot about your salvation. Over in Psalms 42. I always loved this psalm by the way it started off. As a deer pants after the flowing streams, so my pant, my so pants my soul for you, O God. My sir, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. But he goes on down, and it's and there's a struggle that's going on. And David says, "Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me?" Verse five: Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you in the land of Jordan and of Hermon and of Mount Miser. He goes over into verse 11. Why are you cast down, O my soul? You're there, right? Your soul gets cast down. Does it not? What does David do? Why? Why are you cast down? Go back. What does he say? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. Your Father, for I shall again praise Him. My salvation. My God. Come on, soul. Rejoice. Rejoice. 
I know it's hard. We could come up with some extreme, hard, difficult places. Sometimes it doesn't even have to be extreme. Just hard. This life is hard. There's an enemy. There's sin. It's constantly. Rejoice. Run to your salvation. Run to your God. And you hope in God. Start to, to have these struggles. Remember your salvation. Romans 5 that we didn't read. I'm not going to take the time. Um, we're talking about God's love for us. And rejoicing in being overwhelmed in God's love. There's a song we sang here. Maybe we may have sung it one other time. I know we sang it once because it was in our early days at the school. And all the, the sweet musicians had left for that weekend. And Rush said, hey, you got music today. I said, dude, I don't do music. I do music in my truck, in my house. I do real good music in my truck. So we sang this song, a cappello. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen could ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair bowed down with care. God gave his son to win. His erring child he reconciled and pardoned from his sin. Could we with ink the ocean fill and were the skies of parchment made? Were every stalk on earth a quill? And every man a scribe by trade to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. O love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. Oh, do you know the love of God in our salvation? What He has done. And that love is to you. It's, it's not just to general and to all of the ones that He will redeem, but to just make it personal. Draw it in. Oh, embrace it. Deep rooted into your heart. He loves you. He's there, never leaves, never slumbers, never sleeps. Knows the words before they cross your lips. Oh, how He loves us. Oh, how He loves us. This is an unbelievable gospel. Turn to 1 Peter 1. First Peter 1, 3-9. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through the faith of sal for a salvation to be ready to be revealed in the last time. In this rejoice, rejoice, go back, 
this same gospel words that he said in, in the other letter in Galatians, he's saying here again, Peter is saying, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. Don't be surprised. That's the world we live in. But there's joy in it. It's not that I'm joyful about what is happening, but there's joy in walking with Christ in it. I'm still in fellowship with Jesus. I'm still in fellowship and we're loving one another. And, then, and he's, he's yoked up with me and he's going to walk me through this. I'm going to come out more pure and more like Christ because of what he's doing in me. Hallelujah. Rejoice. Praise God. What a Savior. If necessary, you have been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result. What? Result in praise. Praise, it leads to praise. In glory, in honor, at the revelation of Jesus Christ, though you have not seen Him. I know this is a struggle for folks. I've heard them tell me. I just, he's just not, he's just not real. He's just not real. Yes, he is. He's as real as I'm standing right here. I understand the struggle, but the scriptures tell us differently. Go, though you have, though you have not seen him, you love him. Oh, you love him. You get a you get a taste of this kind of love. You can't help but love somebody like this. You can't you can't help but love Christ with everything that you have. You believe in Him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. That's your application for this week. You take these first five verses and you work them backwards. Start there with glory. Forever and ever. Work your way backwards in, in recognizing this gospel that has been given to us. In all those steps. Spend some time on there. Meditate. Make this more real to you than it's ever been. Stay there. Until it happens. Go back again the next day. Go back again at lunch. Go, go back again in the evening. I want you to go and go and go. Why? Because I want you to work in First Peter. And at the end, rejoice with a joy that is inexpressible. It's so much joy. I don't even, I don't even have the ability to express all the joy that is in my heart. I would just, you just fall flat. I don't know. Maybe you stand up and run around. I, you're trying to do whatever you can, but it's so overwhelming. What this gospel is, what my, who my Savior is. Oh, this is a joy. God, give me this. I've never experienced this. I don't have this. I want this. Give this to me. He wants to. He wants to. Keep pursuing. Oh, that we would be a people going fall away because we quit doing Philippians? You might as well just take this Bible and throw it away. No way. No way to lose your joy. 
If you stay in and you, and you pursue and you remind yourself of this great salvation that God has given to you at no cost. You can't buy it. All right, we got to move on. Paul's going to spend more time on that through the remainder of this book. All right, point two. Joy killers be accused, accursed. Excuse me. Joy killers be accursed. Verse six. I got to get back over in Galatians. I'm still in First Peter. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and returning to a different gospel. Not that there is one. I am astonished and amazed at what Paul is saying to the Galatians. I got a a new Greek word for you. It's called flabbergasted. (laughs) Have you ever heard that? I thought it was a southern term for some reason. I had to go look and make sure it was in Webster's Dictionary. And it is. It's another way of saying, showing intense shock. Utterly astonished. Astonished. And that it happens so quickly. Don't stand and and look at these folks and say, ah, you know, we would never do that. Don't ever say that. But Paul, that's why he's he's coming back and saying, no, 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 no. We preach the gospel to you. And I received this gospel directly from Jesus Christ himself. Not through men. Nobody's going nobody's to diminish my presentation of the gospel because I know it. And I know it is truth. And I gave it to you clearly. And, going, and you have turned from it so quickly. I'm amazed. I am utterly amazed. And he goes on. Deserting him who called you. you imagine deserting God to go after another gospel after you know this gospel that we just talked about? That they would turn and desert God? I mean, this is, this is why I said this is a gospel greeting with an attitude. This is extremely serious. Paul's not playing. They're deserting God because somebody has come in, Judaizers have come in, and they've, they've taken and, and, and caused them to question who Paul really is and that what he gave you was not really true. And that, you know, to really have this gospel and to really truly be saved, you gotta, you got to have this and this. you got to have a part of the law. you got to have circumcision. you got to have whatever, anybody who comes in. And they obviously were very persuasive. I don't know what kind of people they were, but you took, a, you took churches. You took church, churches. 
caused them to desert God. Military, you know what desert means. It's serious, isn't it? God leaves his post. It's serious. Don't turn. The command is no man left behind. Desert. To desert God. Marriage. Divorce. For someone to desert their family. To abandon. There's something about that word. When you counsel with people and you pursue people to a man who has left his family and he's pursuing something else. And he's, he's abandoning his family. Every time that we have done that, Rush has taught me that early in counseling. You use that, that guy will get mad at you. It's just something about, boy, you have abandoned your family. No, I'm not. Oh, yes, you are. You can't be a dad from another place, man. And watch it long enough, man, and they'll turn on each other and you're fighting over money and you will abandon those people so quickly, you will hate them before it's over. This is serious. Paul, (laughs) he even says, look, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. Let him be accursed. He's including him. This is a time where you don't listen to an angel. Don't know that you ever had an angel talk to you, but if one comes and he tries to share a different gospel, don't listen to him. Accursed. You're accursed. As we have said before, So now I say it again, if you didn't get it the first time. I'm going to repeat it for you. If anyone is preaching to you a gospel gospel contrary to the one that you you receive, let him be accursed. This is under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It's repeated twice, to be accursed. A curse is on you. That you deserve condemnation. That you be cut off. You come in preaching another gospel, you're cursed. Go out there and preach the gospel or go against somebody else, another religion. Would you tell them, hey, you're accursed? No, 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 no. We're, we're more tolerant than that. Really? You preach anything other than the gospel that we just talked about that should just blow us up in joy and happiness, a willingness to lay our lives down, which he will talk about over in the other chapters. I am crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. You go against anything else other than that, accursed. You're accursed. Now, quickly, let me give you the true gospel. You don't have to stay under that curse. But if you come across people that don't want to listen to the gospel, that want to reject Jesus Christ, they're under the curse. The curse of sin is on them. You can't do this. It's serious. And don't come into my churches and stir this stuff up. Well, I'll I'll put a curse on you. 
Paul won't put a curse on anyone, but he was stating, you're accursed. From, from God, God will accurse you. Don't mess with the Father's gospel. The gospel story of salvation that is so unbelievable. It's just astounding. And yet you come in here and you want to add to it. For us, I think the danger is, is that you take away from it, that we don't preach it with such intensity, that we, you don't talk about the need to repent because hell is your destination. There is a part of the law that you have to do, but it doesn't come in and change the gospel. You have to get the law so that you know you have a need for a Savior. And then you share the glories of this salvation. No mistake. Again, last week, we were motivated. Long lost family members. How about this week? People who are under a curse. And their destination is horrendous. You want to talk about something that's inexpressible or hard to explain? That's their destination in hell. Look at somebody and have a heart of love and gratitude towards them. They're going, man, you got to turn. You got to come to Jesus. Let me tell you, it's the greatest thing in the whole world. Let me tell you what he's done for you. He's done this for you. You need to come. Ask God to open your eyes. Cry out. Ask him. Help you to see. Keep pursuing. If you think you, you're even interested, come. Come. Keep coming. Come with everything that you have. Ask somebody. Talk to somebody. You got to come. Come to Christ. Let it motivate us. No distorting the gospel. There is one true gospel. There is no other. One true gospel. And this is what he's talking about. And Paul is coming and said, man, this is serious. And we're going to talk about this. And come on. Is the gospel serious to you? Hmm. You really love the gospel? Meditate on that. Let it change you. Let it renew you. Let it burst open you. Ask God to give you that kind of joy that is inexpressible in your life. And then go tell somebody else about it. I don't know how you couldn't get up and if you're happy, just get a taste of it. How you could not just run out of the room and go find somebody. So let me tell you about my father. Let me tell you about Jesus. Keep the gospel paramount. It's something you hear. It's kind of where we got our name. Keep the gospel paramount. And I want you to help us do that. Don't let us waver. Over the last 10 years, we've had some people come in. I don't know exactly what they wanted to do, but it wasn't what we wanted to do. And they're not here. Now, I'm not saying everybody that's left here we're trying to mess up the gospel. There's people that left for proper reasons, but there's others who have come in and said, you need to be talking about this. Mm-mm. We're good. We're good. 
We'll stay right here. Don't take it for granted. You got an enemy. He would love to turn this place and mess it up. And I'm not trying to say we're doing it perfectly, but we're sure trying to strive at it. Pray. Fight against the enemy. Fight for the gospel. Pray that we never share it wrongly. Pray that we don't back off from it. I don't think that we tell anybody that they're cursed this day and age. We live in a tolerant world and we have been silenced in some ways by that. Because somebody will come against you going, oh, so you think it's the only way. Yeah, not only do I think it, I just know it's true because God said it. And I'll show you it. It's in his book. It's in his word. And I won't back off from it. And you will hear the truth. And I know there's a Holy Spirit that's at work. And he will absolutely take this word of God that I'm trying to share with you. And take a heart of cold stone and bring it to life. That's why I continue on and knowing this is what he's called us to. Go and share this gospel. Fight for this gospel. Love this gospel. Let it transform you. I guess lastly, the, the, the last danger would be that we just don't share it at all. We may not share it wrongly. We may not be bold in sharing. But it's caused us to, to slight. This world has conformed us and shut us down. And there's been something that happened even with COVID. Coming out of that because you couldn't get with people. And there just doesn't seem to be near as much of going to people and, and sharing the gospel. It's like we, we kind of lost that aspect in our life. And we not never stirred it back up. And so I'm going to stir this back up in you. This is what God's called us to. You go make disciples. You got anybody coming with you? You got anybody coming with you because you've been sharing the gospel? Where do you go? How do you do this? I don't know. Figure it out in your community group this week. Rush talked about running nerds. I played pickleball with Will a few times. I'm no nerd because I don't know much about it. I just know that I'm not good enough that when somebody is good, I want to take that ball and hit it back at them, right straight at them. I want to hit them with it. In some way, that's a way to make a point. Not, not like make a point, but actual point. Hit it right, right at them. It's hard to, it's hard to, to defend. But it's given me more opportunity. It's the most welcoming group of people that I've been around in a long, long time. Hey, you want to play? Nope. Nope. Uh-uh. We, we, we just started. Me and my wife. I'm trying to get her to hit it back over the net. You got to move your feet. Well, I just want to return it. I, yeah, but people don't want to win. They're not going to hit it back to you. You got to run over here to hit that ball. They'll, they'll come. They want to play with you. Hey, you want to play with us? Sure, Absolutely. And you get a conversation going, and hey, who's, what's your name? Where are you coming from? How do you know each other? It's just, it's, you know, what's your relationship with Will? Because I thought it was dad and son, but he, he which is very, extremely possible, um, just by ages. Um, he's like, well, he called you Kevin. So we just figured, that's, that's not your dad. I said, well, well, we go to church together. I'm a pastor at a church. 
And he's, he goes to our church. You got a church? You go to church anywhere? Well, you know, used to. Used to. Before you know, I may able to sit down with a lady and say, tell me, anybody talked to you about Jesus before? What do you believe about Jesus? Well, my husband's Catholic. I don't, you know, good. We'll, we'll get to your husband later. What about you? <laughs> you. Right here. She needs Jesus. She may be a long lost family member. I don't care. Figure it out. I just know we've been commissioned to take this glorious gospel and we're holding on to it to ourselves and we want to encourage ourselves and experience great joy. And we should want others to do the same. Come on. Let's bring some of God's people with us. Not just those who have found us online. Who were saved before you got here. Praise God. We want you to get on this commission with us. And let's go. Let's go plant another church. You know how many churches you can plant with 1.7 million people around? It's endless. It's absolutely endless. Come on. Rejoice. Rejoice in your salvation. To unspeakable joy. And go, let's bring somebody with us. Let's pray. Oh, in your application. I know some of you are very intentional. You didn't give me no application. It's in the community group questions. There you go. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for the word that you've left with us. Can't imagine being without your word and and trying to to live in this manner of knowing a gospel. But you've been so kind and, and generous towards us. And this gospel that is just amazing. Help us because this world presses in on us and we get overcome in it. And it's hard to come out of. It's why we gather as a church and we encourage one another. We're reminded of the things that you have done for us, who you are. You're my Father. And you control the whole world, all of creation, everything that is taking place. You are sovereignly in control. I have no need in, 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 in fight. Help me fight against the anxiousness. And the things that want to shut us down, help us, strengthen us. You do a work in us. We're asking you. We're begging you. And may our hearts be willing to say, hey, whatever it takes, we want it. Whatever the cost is, we want it. We want it. We love you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you so much for, for what an amazing plan of salvation. Glory to God. Forever and ever and ever. Amen.